We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we're looking Space 1999 episode, The Immunity Syndrome. 2,310 days after leaving Earth's orbit, Alpha has been surveying a promising planet for two days. There is a strange, inaccessible alien structure, but otherwise, the planet seems deserted. While everything looks good, John Koenig has imposed a strict quarantine on eating or drinking anything until it's all been checked out. That is, unlike all the previous planetary surveys where they apparently just started munching the moment they arrived. But it's not the local foods they need to worry about. First, a disposable crewman sees a mysterious light and goes murderously insane, nearly killing Tony. And then Tony sees the light with similar results. On Alpha, Maya reviews the survey results and everything is looking amazing. It looks like Alpha may have found a home. Koenig and security track down and eventually subdue Tony, who lapses into a coma. They must get him back to Moonbase Alpha immediately. Koenig and Carter try to take Tony back to Alpha, but the eagle starts to malfunction. It is literally falling apart as they fly. On the planet, the quarantine period is over, and everyone who ate or drank anything dies. Okay, so maybe it is the food that they need to worry about. But anyway, the eagle crashes. Everyone makes it out alive. But the other eagle is suffering the same fate. They are stranded. All metals and electronics are corroding. The atmosphere is turning lethal, and all the food and water is poisonous. Using solar cells from the alien structure and plastic transmitter bits, Koenig and team build a transmitter, ordering that Alpha refrain from any rescue attempts. No one is to come down to the planet. Given that direct order, Helena decides that she must go down to the planet because perhaps her frozen face can halt the planet from turning into a lethal death trap for everyone. Maya decides to join her because of course she does. While they have no helpful new information and no plan to help, they do have a plan to get down there. They'll use Alpha's carbon fiber re-entry glider for a one-way trip to the surface. Fortunately, uh, they gain access to the alien structure and find the captain's logs, explaining how this alien expedition arrived on the planet and that it was a paradise. But soon everything turned to poison. And then they discovered there was a powerful alien life form on the planet that, when it attempts to communicate, drives everyone insane and ultimately dead. Helena and Maya crash the glider, but they escape okay. The aliens have created a suit to try to communicate with the powerful planetary alien, but a flaw in the suit resulted in the leader going insane and dying too. Koenig and the gang fix the suit. Koenig talks with the alien, which had no clue that any other beings existed. It also learns that it accidentally killed all those other beings, and it feels regret. The planet returns to normal, and Bill Frazier in the Orbiting Eagle returns and picks everyone up to go home. The moon is moving out of range, and they must abandon this planet. The end. Immunity syndrome. Immunity syndrome. Could you tell me what the hell that name is supposed to mean? Uh, the only conclusion that I could come up with is that the planet thought of them as an infection. 
and it was changing the entire environment as a means of you know like antibodies white blood cells kind of thing it was it 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 was um it was killing them that's because a very, that, that, that was my take that's a very good um that's a very good headcanon um they don't explain any of that in the no, they don't. this episode so the no, title fact, just it, hangs out there well the, that was the conclusion i came to when you had the two guys drink drink the water Mm-hmm. And then it died, and I thought, okay, well, that's clearly what's happening here. The, you know, we, then we hear the planet's atmosphere is changing, metals are are beginning to corrode, and like, my first thought was, whoever is either whoever's in charge of the planet, or maybe the planet is sentient in some sort of way, you know, sort of like a a, a Gaia kind of thing, mm-hmm. that perhaps its own immune system is. The changing of the environment just so that it could kill this human, you know, this infection called um, Alphans. But we don't get that message. And and at the end, we find out, well, first off, <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I, so this whole alien communicating thing must be related mm-hmm. because when well, they communicate, then suddenly the planet goes back to normal. So it's somehow they were talking to the planet. You think that's what it is? The 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 light was know. the planet. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, they don't explore it any further. It's just some. It's it's some incredible consciousness. Yeah, and then. But that's all we get, and then they leave after it feels remorse, changes everything back, and of course, the big thought that runs through my head is, "You idiots! It would probably allow you to stay." Oh, I think more than that. I think didn't they just? I think it would supply. <clears throat> didn't they just basically introduce an alien to the concept of loneliness and grief? And yeah. regret, and then leave him to wallow in it. Oh, I know that's that's just that's just dandy. Thank you, John Koenig, for yeah. another kind fixing up of the universe that you go through. Yeah, and, and and notwithstanding, they at least at least in this episode they didn't end with them going. Well, we've communicated. Thank you, and then freeze frame, and you wonder how did they get off the planet at the end or anything like they did in some of the earlier ones? At least Bill Frazier comes back and says, hey, everything turned to normal, so let's get out of here. The moon is getting too far away. Hmm. Now, if the moon was getting too far away and they've been surveying the planet for two days, how mm-hmm. long How long does it feel like this episode took from beginning to end? Well, are you speaking, you know, me as a viewer? Because if, it, if you are, I, I would say it felt like two years. Well, I was meant how long in-universe do you and, feel oh, like it took? Uh, not even a day. We never saw a night because... Well, all the nights are over on Battlestar Galactica. Well, that's true. So. But the sun did come up, and they did charge those energy cells so they could get inside that structure. And um, every time we went back to the planet, it was perpetually day. Perpetually day. I, I kind of half feel like you could make an argument that this occurred over the course of... The better part of a day, or perhaps no more than two, and we didn't see a night. I agree, we totally didn't see a night, and but it's certainly no longer than that. No more than that. No more. But than I, that. I, I, yeah, I, I will grant that, but I basically think it was no more than just one day. Right. So, <clears throat> Alpha has finds a planet. They send a survey team out. The survey team has been there for two days because they've had their quarantine period and they've done their their due diligence and. Then things go pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. I had a different term there, but things go pear-shaped. And in less than a day from that point, it's too late for yeah. Alpha to, to ab- abandon Moonbase. 
would it have ever been viable for them to abandon no, the moon base? No, not at that point. At that, that no, time, yeah. no, because with all the surveying that they had to do, by the time they finally come to some kind of agreement that okay, this planet is safe, it's too late. Moon base Alpha's gone too far. Okay. It would take, and you know, with all the packing, everything they would need to, they would have had to start that process right there and then and be ready on the launch pad to take off at a moment's notice. Yeah. And I kind of agree. I feel like they could have left and stayed on this planet unless they, you know, turned out that the alien was a really, really nasty guy and he has fits of anger and then just could kill them in a heartbeat. So, I mean, I can kind of understand not doing it, but we don't even get that discussion. No. Because. The moon's just too far away now. We better get going back to the base. So I, uh, I, I uh, and it comes back to that whole title, the immunity syndrome. It feels like the planet is reacting to yeah. them. The name that is, um, let, let's just let's just call it what it is. That's a ridiculously plagiaristic name of the oh, Star Trek episode, the yeah, immunity syndrome, which, and which that and that made a lot more sense. In Star Trek, yes, that title. They used that title made a heck of a lot more sense. They even explain it. Yes, but but I I genuinely wonder if they just stole that from Star Trek. And I know you can't copyright a title, and I know that you can, you know, how many, you know, if somebody wants to make Gone with the Wind, they can make Gone with the Wind, and it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it means something as long as it's not the same story. But it's such an odd title. Immunity syndrome isn't a a term. No. That, is it's used. very unique. It's very unique, and and for it to be lifted and used here in this context, it it makes me wonder: Were they trying to trick Star Trek fans into watching? Oh, the immunity syndrome's on. <laughs> yeah, forget the fact that it's under Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. I mean, I admit I would watch Space it. I, I might have a greater sense of curiosity to see how they're going to butcher the story. Yeah, it just, I, I just, every time I see that in the list of episodes of Space 1999, you just kind of go, huh, what were they thinking? I I, mm. I don't get it. And of course, you know, I think this, this story does suffer once again from, we don't really have a lot to do here except chase Tony around the jungle, try to take the eagle up and crash it, you know, waste time bringing the glider down. You know, there's there's an awful lot of, there's not much story here. No. And it, it really does all boil down. And I, 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 hate, I hate criticizing a show that way because we do it a lot, particularly here towards the end of Space 1999. Um, we're doing it a lot where it, it just feels like scenes in, scenes in search of a plot. I don't want to sound like everything, you know, that you can't have action and adventure sequences and, and whatnot, but, but they just don't go anywhere. Well, there, you need to have some kind of substance to support those kinds of scenes. There has to be some kind of a story-related reason. Why do you have this kind of thing happening? And this was, as you said, this was void of any, any substance. I mean, it, it's, it's all window dressing. And even the problems that are induced. So, for example, uh, you see the light, you go murderously insane, then you lapse into a coma and then you become lucid for a while and then you die. Yeah, that part bothers me. That does not make any sense. It doesn't if make there's, any sense. If there is swelling of the brain as was being diagnosed by the uh, the competent doctor. Isn't that meningitis? Yeah, it is kind of, yeah. Um, then all of a sudden becoming lucid before death does not make any sense. That, that just doesn't happen. 
Well, they needed it so that the captain of the uh, ship would have his lucid moment that he could explain what was going on. Oh, so in other words, it's all plutonium. Yeah, because Tony didn't become that lucid. I mean, he was still just... Yeah, yeah, it, it's just like, well, how do we... Mm, yeah, and then... Huh. <laughs> I, I, I just... Yeah, I didn't, didn't really didn't really cotton on to that whole idea. Um, and the guy who ate the food, the guys who ate the water, ate mm-hmm. the water, the guys who ate drank the water. the water, it was ice, uh, they both take a sip and pretty much they walk over and die, right? That, that, yeah. That seems pretty much it. But the guy who ate the plant before the quarantine was over, he goes, well, everything checks out. Well, you should wait for the quarantine period. And then he goes well, off and Well, not everything fine. had changed. And then he point. dies later. Yeah. Can not it everything change? had changed. Can not it yet. change after it's in your tummy? It yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> I, I I that that was the other one. It's like, wait a minute. So it's almost like the moment the quarantine period was over, suddenly everything became poisonous. Yeah. Which was your point. <laughs> wouldn't that sort of seem like the alien is timing it? That it can't be it can't be a coincidence that that happened at the moment the quarantine ended? Hmm. You would think. You would think. And apparently this alien has no concept of there being other life, that the planet's got life all over it. Well, let's let's examine that. So let's talk about the alien that, uh, the, the recordings that they found in there. Listen to the recordings of Zoran, who, how nice he speaks English. I really appreciate that. That way we can all be in on the whole plot problems that are taking place here. Didn't we, didn't we already have this in Space Warp? Uh, yeah, we did. Okay. Anyway, just, yeah. there Zoran talks about this alien life form, and he says that it even before they had a chance to communicate with it, they knew what it wanted, and that it appreciated the fact that there was other life. I got the impression that they got that information from the people who had been driven insane. I did not, because I thought he said, you know, the men can't became lucid enough to tell us. That it was an alien or something. I mean, it, not Tony exactly didn't. Those. No, Tony exactly. Tony didn't behave in the same way. And I mean, look uh-uh. at look at how look how lucid Zordas was there at the end uh, when he went back to lucid phase. I mean, he was able to come into his logs and sit there in the chair and whatnot. So uh, yeah, maybe those aliens are just more robust than Tony. I I'm gonna go so far as to say that they didn't get they. I, I don't see how they could gleam that. I really don't. Well, I I. Okay, I, I, I can give you a, a... If the creature's light probe was some sort of psychic communication that caused their brains to go, I could see a latent impression. I mean, if, if that's the type of communication it's trying... Of course, that's not how it communicated with Koenig. It communicated by voice with Koenig. But, but you know, a minor inconsistency. But, I mean, that's what I thought at the time he said it. But then, you know, once again, they kind of throw it out the window towards the end of the, towards the, end of the episode. Well, if that is indeed the case, it was done so flippantly I mean, that I didn't catch that. And I just found it rather peculiar when when Zoran says, oh, we know what this creature wants. I mean, it's, it's lonely and, and, and it rejoices that the, at the idea of there being other life. Well, that in of itself, I, okay, maybe, all right, okay, if we go with your opinion, with, with your analysis there, then yes, I could accept that and maybe it didn't realize that there were more other life forms on the planet when the alphans arrived but i would kind of like to think that if it could learn to communicate did very like quickly. it did 
then it should be able to determine, oh, I had life on this world once. Here it is again. It's different, but there's something here scurrying around on my surface, you know, and drinking my water and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to make the argument that this is this has got a whole lot of logic to it. So, Oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, also, the dialogue that it had with Koenig sounds very much like it did not realize that there was other life in existence. That's kind of what I was getting out of that, too, which goes back to the conversation that Zoran had. That seems a bit contradictory. Mm-hmm. Also, how did Zoran get enough information on on the creature to build quote unquote a protective suit and then oh the suit had a flaw you missed the goggles i mean what were you trying to protect against (sighs) you know why is it that koenig goes you know we need to put better glasses on this Mm -hmm. what analysis have they done that tells them that it is the light that is causing the problem especially when they have no equipment that's functioning whatsoever good question would have been a great opportunity for maya to do something useful yeah i was actually expecting it because i should put you know i've never seen this episode before until last night that was the very first time i watched it and i was really expecting Maya to actually for the first time do something very very useful instead of just how's tony yeah i uh, when you bring helena down and you bring maya down to the planet you you would think from a storytelling standpoint that when they arrive, they would do something. Mm-hmm. That, But they had no reason to go down to the planet. They had no plan. They had no clue. They had no hope from what we saw of anything working. As far as I can tell, Maya and Helena went down to the planet to die with the others. That was their intention because they understood it was a one-way trip. I kind of was hoping that maybe Maya was thinking... Maybe with my brilliant, I know her ego wouldn't allow this, but I mean, maybe with my Mayan brain, my psychic brain, I will be able to help them solve the problem. And if she had gone down and she had helped them solve the problem, then that would have been worth the sequence. But it didn't. And Tony already had Alpha's other doctor taking care of him, the competent one. And, um, and let's just ask the question. So the commander the second-in-command, the science mm-hmm. officer, the chief medical officer, the other doctor, the chief eagle pilot. Um, and who's commanding least, the base? Well, it's not just who's commanding the base. If they couldn't have gotten off that planet, oh, Alpha goes on its way Yeah, without all of top command. With, yeah, senior staff is gone. And no doctors left. No, not at all. That yeah. was absolutely ir- very it irresponsible. irresponsible it was beyond stupid i mean they sent specific orders helena absolutely goes i've got to get down there john the words no one come down here to the planet are still echoing through the halls of alpha when she goes i've got to go down there mm-hmm. it's like no i i believe you've missed what he said he said don't come down to the planet you will die here i think they went just to be with the men they loved yes they did that is disgusting. Pretty I mean, much. That, 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 is, that, is, that is awful. <laughs> like, um, have they no existence or agency of their own other than to be set dressing? And, and you know what ticks me off more than, more than that? Well, maybe not more than that, but as equally as much as that. Mm-hmm. When they show up, John's glad to see them. Yes, he is. He should have been pissed. He should have been 
furious with them. That's mutiny! I mean, it's just two weeks ago that he was threw somebody down a pit because he was mutinying. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was like, oh gosh, everything's going to be great. Helena's here now. No, no. Um, let's see. <laughs> what, else? what else do we have about uh, this um this particular episode um quarantine the, the opening monologue from dr russell where she says after coming down to this planet it's like really amazing or however she phrased it she said john koenig immediately clamped a quarantine down on eating any food or drink from the planet now first off did you think when she started that sentence that she was going to finish with john koenig has clamped a complete information blackout on alpha so no one will get their hopes up. Right. Because that's where I thought it was leading when she started that sentence. And, sort of felt like it, didn't it? And I thought, please, no, not again. And then well, she goes we'd, in. But then we'd have consistency. Yeah. And then he goes in and he said, and they say, well, it's a quarantine. It's like, wait, you guys don't? You Well, okay. Technically speaking, I think we know they don't have a quarantine in the past. Because if you'll recall. We've not seen one. Uh, if you'll recall the planet... Uh, a matter of life and death. Oh, yeah. They put water in the analyzer. The analyzer checks it out and says, it's fine. They drink, they it. drink it. Of what value would a quarantine be? Yeah. If you have equipment that's going to tell you it's safe. I mean, Unless it's something that they cannot detect, because even Maya makes that uh, analysis when she and Helena are just pacing back and forth and, you know, they're wringing their hands, you know, our equipment showed that everything was fine. And Mize says, well, maybe this is something on, on a scale that our equipment isn't capable of detecting. Then what good would the quarantine be? Well, that way, if someone decides to finally drink it and then die, they won't bring anything back up to the, to the moon. Okay, but I don't think that's what they meant by a quarantine. I think that's what they meant in this episode. In this episode, it seemed like no, but it makes nobody, no sense. Nobody gets to eat anything, even if it checks out safe. Well, to be true, yeah, actually, they should not have eaten or drinking anything. So the quarantine—you're right. The quarantine at that point then means nothing. Yeah, I don't even think they were using the word quarantine correctly. Because, not correct. No, because you know when they got so okay, go ahead and drink the water. Quarantine period's over. It's like, well, you're not taking anything back to. You aren't planning on taking it back to Alpha anyway. Really, you're there to evaluate it for safety. And then if it's good, then we bring everyone down from Alpha. So my point being is that if they if the water checks out good, yeah. what, what difference does waiting 12 hours make? Well, in this case, it obviously does make a difference. In this one? In this one instance. Instance. <clears throat> and, and even there, it really didn't because they could have drank the water at any time during the quarantine period and it would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, it was, it was. Chalk it up for more bad writing. It, it is, it is definitely um, more bad writing. And if we, if we interpret it, well, it's still a question of, is the life form the planet? If the life form is the planet, then I accept your explanation that the planet is acting against an infection. Although how once that guy is able to, once the alien from the planet is able to recognize them, it changes back. I mean, I can't tell my body to stop fighting an infection. Um, <clears throat> wouldn't want it to, but I mean, I couldn't, couldn't do it if I want to. I mean, that's a, that's a defensive mechanism. And mm -hmm. if the creature is not the planet, if it is a creature on the planet that, that is natural to the planet, then how did it reverse that process? And if it can reverse the process, did it cause the process? And 
Then we're Good back questions. to why, because if it doesn't know that there are other beings there, why, why is it even why reacting it to them? Yeah, why change anything? You know, how do you react to something you don't know is there? I mean, maybe there was its own ecological reason <clears throat> or it's its own reason for survival. I mean, but we, we never get any of that. We have absolutely no idea why it's doing what it's doing. We don't even we know nothing about it except that it is simply there. And it feels bad about killing people at the end. I have much to, I will never, what was his line? It was something, uh, I am, I that am I is no more. I that will be has much to regret. Something like, yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty bad English. I mean, I'll give it, I'll give it credit for learning to speak that quickly. But it was, you know, there was this whole, and, I, and a part of this was that whole way it emphasized the word I, as if I is all, and then you other people are other eyes. <laughs> like, you know, I, the letter I, not, not eyeball, but it, it, there is more than I. Yeah. I am I. There is more than I. Mm. Um, how do I understand you? And Kony gives him his little philosophical, if we understand others in time, we understand, understand ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. That old mantra. <clears throat> Thanks, Koenig. Thank you so much for, for bringing this uh, to another one. Uh, and let's see. Have I got anything else, planet? No. Um, metal and stuff corroding and atmosphere uh, turning poisonous. Why not plastics? Good question. Was the alien ship entirely made of plastic? Uh, didn't, didn't look like it. Didn't look like it to me either, but apparently no. it didn't corrode. So, uh, and it lasted a long, long time. And then we have Doom Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah i i don't know that i have anything else in particular about this episode i no, just i mean th those are the substantial things to talk about uh i mean there were a lot of little just just minor things that that slayed me a little bit here and there and just you know lines um one that just oh there, there's a line that tony has early on he says john you should see this place and then you cut to john and i'm like um well i don't know about where he is in relation to you but dadgummit it looks like exactly the same kind of garden area that you're in so i don't think he needs to run over to where you're at yes it was kind of weird and, and it and it was the whole we found this valley that would be perfect for us like well really Tony, I, you know, honestly, if I were evacuating Moonbase Alpha uh, and I found a planet and we had a limited amount of time to get off the planet, um, I would worry about getting off the planet and then go, all right, this valley, we got a whole planet. How about a lake, big mm. fresh water supply? That'd be nice. You know, um, maybe, uh, maybe inland from the ocean to protect us against uh, tropical storms. Maybe we could pick a good... You know, I mean, I can think of all sorts of things that once you landed on the planet, then you would send out, you'd set up a temporary encampment, and then you'd send out survey eagles. Yeah, oh, you reminded me of something that I, I thought was rather unusual. When Maya and, and Helena land uh, with the glider. Oh, yeah. In the the, in the landscape. That was like desert. All of a sudden, now they're in this forest area. Yeah, we better hit this area before we hit the trees. Yes, that was very strange. And, and no mention of it. Mm -mm. Unless perhaps, you know, that was part of the creeping uh, crud on the planet. Maybe all the trees were dying and everything, too. I, no, I, I'm, I'm totally making it up. I agree. It was completely weird that they had that, that, that sand lot, that Sahara Desert to land in just mm -hmm. apparently that it, that, not and, far from... Right, and it, it looks like it just basically surrounds 
this entire wooded area, kind of which makes which then calls into question the entire ecology of of that planet, especially that area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. I think that was. I think that was done for the special effects. Oh, that's, uh, that's sad. the best I can. That's the best I can say is that they wanted a cool desert landing trashing into the t- trees, but it it seemed to have no bearing on the plot again. It had no bearing on the planet, which up until well, you know, until things started to turn bad, the planet was perfect, right? Yeah, there, everything said it was perfect. Not there are bits of this planet that are real good, and and, and you know. If they found Earth, obviously there are places that would be really lousy place to land. And um, that whole middle of Australia thing, just right off the bat, right? You mm-hmm. wouldn't go there. Um, you'd, you'd pick something that you thought was a, a, a decent survey point. But yeah, that was weird. That was weird. What else you got? Uh, well, there, there was one thing that just kind of like made me giggle. And uh, the, the laser that they were using... To carve into that rock, uh, it was such a little miniature reflector telescope. I mean, I just... It, it just oh, yeah. All, all the little apparatus, you know. We've had that apparati. one. That's, that's been in two or three episodes so far. Yeah, Remember, that was, it, that's what dug out the uh, Archons in the tunnels, mm-hmm. the mark of the Archons. Um, and it's been in the background in a couple of lab shots. They, they, they're proud of that telescope. <laughs> yeah, I guess they are. And something else is this, this, for some reason, this bothered me. I can't explain it, but it really, really bothered me. And that is when uh, Koenig and company go into, you know, they finally manage to go into the ship. Mm-hmm. And what what should their wandering eyes should behold but an office chair? Mm-hmm. I can't explain it, but that made me angry. I didn't notice. Did it have wheels on it? Yes, it did. Oh, God. It, it was one of those um, either five or uh, six-legged office chairs with wheels at each leg that, you know, you can roll around and turn around in. And I went, I thought, you can't do that. Why would an alien have that? Why would you have that on a spaceship? Well, that's well, true, okay. too. Wait a minute. Hold it. Wait a minute. Why was it a bedroom? Yeah, that's another one. There was a bedroom there. So initially, I thought that this was an alien structure, right? I mean, that's what they called it. But when yeah. you get inside, I kind of suddenly felt like this was a spaceship. But maybe it isn't. Maybe it's their temporary... Housing domes or something. Yeah, it might be. Still think maybe an office chair is probably a little, a bridge too far, but but maybe that explains why it's kind of weirder than we thought. So he's at his desk. He's literally at his working desk. Like I am at my working desk right now on a um, five-wheeled rolling office chair. So am I. Yeah, see? So see, that's normal for us. Well, he looks pretty normal, frankly, that alien. Uh <laughs> Hmm. just had a funny funny outfit and i think he may have been from the subcontinent but i mean other than that looked like a pretty normal guy to me i suppose and and the one last thing that just oh oh he sits in his chair just like you and i no true (laughs) and speaking of in the chair did you notice that when koenig turns the chair around and i mean i you just know it's such a psycho moment Mm. where you're gonna turn the chair you're gonna see this corpse did you hear the scream i did who the Oh, I'm sorry. Who the hell screamed? <laughs> oh, we got the beep time for this one. <laughs> you got to beat that one. Sorry, um, but 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 that's how that's that's the kind of reaction I got on that. I'm like, who the hmm screamed? I think it's supposed to be the soundtrack. That's what I was wondering. Is this I, was that just done for our benefit? It was Alan. That's uh, Alan. He was like, oh, ah! oh, that 
sissy Aussie. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike, here's, here's what I was thinking during that scene. Comes in, you're in somebody's bedroom. Don't you think? That's a little weird, but all right. Um, you know, I see beds and I see a desk and I see a chair. And honestly, I think I see a figure in the chair. Because mm-hmm. isn't, that, isn't that why Koenig would turn the chair? Yeah, because he sees the back of somebody or something there. So yeah, he's going to turn around to get a to get a better look. I have a I have a different idea of how that scene would go. Uh, if I walked in there, it would be uh, walk in, see the bed, see the chair. Hello. <laughs> I would walk around. Anybody over I there? Yeah, I wouldn't touch I think the I chair. Wouldn't, I would actually kind of like you know have uh, have some distance and kind of peek around. And then that too. But I mean, you but start. that's not. But that that's not cinematic. You start. You start with the whole. Tr- I mean, yes, it's. Who do, they don't know how long it's been there. They assume. What kind of diseases it might still be there? I mean, you know, nothing. It's alien. Why are you touching it? Yeah. So yeah, no, it was, it was a dramatic moment. But in the way it was staged, was bad. I, I I didn't like the way the camera worked on it either because it just. I really just. Maybe it was because it took too long. But you know, you just. You don't turn a chair around unless you think there's a person in it. Mm-hmm. And you don't turn a chair around until you try to ask them if they're there. Because, you know, you never can tell what they're going to do. Right. I mean, you could say, hello. And then they turn around and they're a bald man with a cat. Good evening, Mr. Bond. I've been <laughs> meeting for you. <laughs> but, but, the, but the fact that they're kind of creeping up on a chair with, with a corpse in it, it just, it, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. I think, I think the director said, oh, I've always wanted to do that. Always I want to film my own psycho scene. Yeah, that'll be the one. So, <laughs> all right. Um, and then yeah. the last thing, and this this is another one of these things that just, although it shouldn't bother me, this really should not bother me, but it did. And it's it's just more of the th- this rampant informality and casual approach that everybody has with each other on Alpha. What does is it Bill? I think he's the one. He he tells um, Maya and oh. Helen. Oh 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 yes, yeah. I know. I You're know. on your own, girls. I know. I have that written down. Actually, that I found that insulting. I did too. You're on your own, girls. It's like what? Really? Uh, did you just say that? It, that's not even an informality. That's just that's it's just, just it's just rude. It's, it's, it's just rude. very unprofessional. Ladies, if you're gonna say that, for crying out loud, ladies, but not girls. Yeah, you're I on mean, your own, ladies. You know, I would say that. And even that's questionable. Well, I would, I would say that. I would say gentlemen, or I would say ladies, depending. Obviously, if I was doing that to Koenig and Alan, I would say you're on your own, gentlemen. I, I would do that. I mean, that's my age and my things. So I, I, I consider gentlemen, ladies, to be not terms of diminutive. Mm. You know, girls is is down. Boys, girls, you're talking down to them, and mm. you know they both outrank him. Yeah, that's true. I assume that they both outrank him. So it was, I, I, you know, we talked about in season one of Space 1999 that that the writer's guide was very clear that they're not a military organization. Correct. So I don't mind the fact that it is more of a um, office kind of environment. Uh, that's what I think of it as an office or a research institute. You work with other people in the other departments you're going to be largely on a first name basis with them except when you first meet them right you know it's like that's this is, true this is dr smith uh you know and and maybe you would but but given time you're going to be on a more collegial well, that would that would be the right word and yes the boss 
is at the top of the org chart in any organization and there is some difference uh, to their position because they can fire you, um, which John Koenig cannot, right? He's lost that. He's lost all of the, he's lost all of the things that would apply in a normal org chart. I mean, sure, he could space you, but it's not to his advantage, mm -hmm. right? So I can see 2,000-some days after leaving Earth's orbit that this group would be a pretty... Pretty loose. Loose family. I could see that, you know, where people are sort of on a first-name basis, you know. Particularly if they all work together there in Command Center. Right. Um, it's, a very, it, it, it's a very static organization, not a lot of change. It's not like what, not not like on a starship. I mean, even if even even you take the military aspect out of it out, if you're on a ship and it's uh, even if that's not military, the fact that there's a constantly you know in most cases a rotating crew, there would still be a semblance of formality. You'd, you'd want to maintain that organizational structure just so that you have order. But here on Alpha, nothing changes. I mean, it's it, it's a perfect. It, it's like I said, it's a very static group uh you might have a few deaths and maybe there are some new births to help uh although i doubt it to we had that one to offset that yeah i just had the one birth uh but you may lose people but they're certainly not gaining they're not gaining new personnel except you know maya was the only new one to come on board so at this point people i would expect them to be on a first name basis but to be so you know, cavalier yeah. and say, you're on your own, girls. I mean, that is just not cool. It's more than that. I mean, I, that line bugged me. And it bugged it, me it bothered it's, me a lot. It's it's down here to be, it's written here to be discussed. And I forgot to put a bullet point next to it, which is why I didn't bring it up. But um, there's also the sequence in advance of it. We have Helena and Maya talking about the flight trajectory and everything. And they're talking about the whole, well, have you got your calculations correct? Uh, oh, you know, not yeah, powered yeah, flight. Yeah. If you miss it, we could be off by hundreds of miles. Well, then we're just going to learn how to have to walk then, or the joys of walking, or whatever the silly line is. And that's all fine and dandy. And they get around and they're like, and release! Hey, we didn't release. Uh, what's going on? That's because I didn't let you guys go. What, Bill? I figure I'm gonna take you a little bit closer. No, you can't, the Eagle. Oh well, that's all right. Now you're now you're on your own, girls. And off he goes. And I know he didn't have an accent. I'm just kind of playing a cowboy there because that's what he's doing. But so much for Maya's calculations. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I was expecting to be launched from the Eagle at the exact point that I told the pilot when we would be launching the whole thing and the had the calculations and the head and everything. Yeah, I could. I like. I'm surprised they came anywhere close. Honestly. Quite true. Quite true. And then, of course, the fact that the whole thing broke apart in flight with the windows and everything, um, that glider shouldn't have been able to land. No. Not with that window blown out like that. Mm -mm. No, and I noticed mm. that when they went back to uh, seeing Maya pilot it, uh, sh there was maybe just a little bit of noise in there to indicate that maybe there's some wind of sorts. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah. just a tiny bit. You know, it's, it's like, you know, driving with the window down. I do appreciate the a detail of saying that they replaced the metal parts in their spacesuits with plastic, and they did, in fact, have different colored uh, O-rings. True. That was nice. Things. So they, they did at least, uh, they replaced the white plastic painted silver O-rings <laughs> with just white unpainted plastic O-rings on, on the suit, I suspect. <laughs> mm. But yeah, 
So, yeah, it was... And very convenient that Bill decided to stay up there and then just come... In fact, he came down so fast that when Koenig and crew came back to the uh, campsite, everything's gone. There's all our equipment. Like, oh, we all packed it up and we left. It's like, really? First off, was the equipment worth saving? Hmm. Guess um, not. You know, I mean, think of all the, the comlinks and all that stuff that they broke and snapped off. I mean, did those magically reheal too? Because if they did, then why couldn't they just fly the old eagles out? But I, I, they must have left the eagles there. They they had had to have left them um, unless they no, because there wasn't there wouldn't be enough time for them to go back to Alpha and get the necessary parts, fly back to the planet, replace them, and then take the eagles home. Oh no, they left them. Um, yeah. So. That's um, another just uh, cheap, cheap finishing of the episode to quickly wrap it up. But at least, they, again, at least they didn't end on a freeze frame. Oh, thank God. You know, I, I could just see him like, well, but the ending itself sucked. Problem. I mean, yeah. it, it was still just that wasn't an ending. They just it, they it, just it, it was out. called running out. Yep. They just copped out. Yeah. Well, and, the, and I guess maybe that's the problem I was trying to get to with the with the whole you know, yes, this happens and that happens and the other thing happens and none of that all pays off. None of it has really any bearing. The insanity thing has no real bearing on the final story. The the murderous attacks have no bearing. The running through the forest, the, the uh, you know, sure, they take the eagle off. Taking the eagle off and having the eagle wreck is fine because that's the rising danger in the story. But then having Helena and Maya come down, absolutely no payoff there whatsoever. None. None it, it, it served no purpose. I mean, there um, was absolutely zero. There was no benefit yep. from them going down there. Maya didn't contribute anything, and Helena never contributes anything. No. I am going to have to give you one, one little piece of warning, though. Oh? We are rapidly coming to the end of this episode, and there is something that has not yet happened. Well, I will say this. After being gone for close to seven years god bless it helena's face doesn't show it <laughs> okay good now we've done that i know i worked well, I left alone the... you you dressed it in the you know in, in the rundown i did i did i thought i haven't done that i haven't done that in all the space 1999s it's it's always been you bringing it up first but i was i was at a complete loss when i was writing the summary well i will say this it's it and here's the reason why helena could not have been the one to encounter that light-like creature whatever it was because that face is so frozen that the light would reflect it back at it Ooh, could have killed the alien yes right driven 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 alien mad i mean with a face like that i mean hey even medusa will run whoops i'm sorry where did that come from (laughs) <laughs> when See? I was when I was typing up the summary, I was I was looking at that going, and then they and then they and then they went down to the planet. And why did they go? I mean, it, we, we you know when I was watching the episode, I kind of thought that I was like, why did they go down to the episode? Well, I'm sure when they get down there, it'll do something. Maybe Helena will find a way to make Tony lucid or or a little bit better because she's a better doctor than Doctor Spencer or. I don't even know if it's Spencer's the guy's first name or last name, but anyway, the good doctor and oh, and Maya with her brain will solve some major problem. So getting them down there is important. So I was kind of forgiving when I watched it through, but then when I got to the recap and it hit me, and I'm like, wait, there is just absolutely no. I'm going to make a Helena Russell joke about her face because <laughs> I never get to do that. <laughs> so I was like, but I hope John. Uh, Sorry. John? Who is John? John Koenig. I hope Ben takes the opportunity to make sure that in this, 
and the one remaining episode the dorks no the dorkons to yes. uh, keep a perfect record yeah oh no well I'll t- i i kid you not um my very the very first note now th- this is what i have written um, I'm, I'm going to change it because I, I did have my days wrong. I'm changing to what the dire- what the days are, what there really were, as, as Helen announced it. But this is what I have written. First thing in my notes. It's now 2,310 days. That's over seven years now. It feels like longer, and yet Helena's face hasn't aged a day. <laughs> Plastic doesn't age. Oh, no. and see, she's immune. That's right. She's immune. Yeah, on the planet. That fa- yeah, un- unless it, that's true, it would have to be plastic in her in that face of hers. Because if it had been, if it had been <laughs> man, if it had been metal, oh yeah, she'd have just like. Well, honestly, what would have happened is is that when there would have been that corrosive breakdown, and then we would have heard that same scream oh, from the God. chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she would. It, 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 she would have reminded me of at that point of Angelique from Dark Shadows when her face melts. It would have looked like that. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Angelique, I think, was better looking to begin with. She uh, was. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, uh, thank you for joining me for the immunity syndrome. Uh, It was so not a joy. (laughs) And listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. And next time on Fusion Patrol, when we do Space 1999, when we'll talk about the Dorkons. Good night, Ben. Good night, listeners. Good night. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Two thousand three hundred and ten days after leaving Earth's orbit, Alva. Hell! Wow. Mm.